Hello, welcome to On the Front Lines of Caregiving. I'm your host, Lynette Whiteman, and I'm the Executive Director of Caregiver Volunteers of Central Jersey. I also live and care for my 92-year-old mother who has dementia. I am so pleased to welcome my guest today, Jennifer Levin. Jennifer is a writer and founder of Caregiver Collective, an online support group for millennial caregivers. Jennifer's mission is to raise awareness of how many millennials care for family members and how their lives are affected in many different ways. Jennifer hopes to encourage these millennials to seek support. Hi, Jennifer. I appreciate you spending time with me today. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's start at the very beginning. What ages are defined as millennials. And when we're talking about millennials and caregiving, how many are there estimated to be? Millennials are defined right now as being born between the years of 1981 to 1996. So I'm 37 years old. I was born in 81. And when I say I'm a millennial, people always say, you're too old to be a millennial, but (laughs) technically I am. Um, At the moment, millennials are 22 to 37 years old. And as of the last count, there are over 10 million millennials that are currently family caregivers. And that number is growing rapidly. And within the next couple of decades, we will be caring more for people older older than the age of 60 than minors in our own homes. Wow. So do you think that there's more millennial caregivers now, or is it just that people are counting it now or more, it's more recognized now? What do you, what do you think that ratio is? I think the answer is yes. (laughs) I think it's all of those. Um, First of all, I do think personally that it's recognized more now because our family unit looks different than it did a few generations ago. Whereas, you know, our grandparents may have lived at home until they then got married and had kids of their own, or at least stayed close to home. So many of us now flee and we go to college in other states and maybe we settle down there or we move across the country. Um, So whereas we would have been caring for somebody close to home, now we can be a caregiver and say, like I did, I at the time lived in California, but I cared for my dad in New York. And I think that because that relationship has changed where it's not necessarily in your own home anymore, that the term is used more broadly than it used to be. There are also definitely now more caregivers in the millennial generation than any previous generation. And that really has to do with um, progression of um, you know medical advances. Like people are living longer nowadays and they're living longer with disease. And a lot of times that's living longer at home with disease. There's an effort to keep people at home rather than moving into a facility. So that, you know, living condition requires care. So are the millennials then caring mostly for grandparents then? Because I'm thinking, I'm looking at 22 to 37. So probably parents then like are 67, if we're going upper limit. 67 years old. So are millennials mostly caring then for grandparents or is it younger parents that might be sick? They're caring for a variety of situations. There are grandparents, there are right parents. And my parents, you know, my father was older. So 
Um, he was 80 when he passed away, which is considered an older parent. But, you know, for my generation, I wouldn't say that's necessarily atypical. Um, they're also dealing with children with special needs, okay. as well as a huge component of millennial caregivers are veterans and veteran families. So post 9-11, over a million oh. caregivers were added, you know, like under the age of 30. And so, you know, now you have spouses that they got married maybe when they were in their 20s. They're going to be caring for somebody in their home probably for the rest of their lives. I got so it. So the reality of our generation really looks a variety of ways. I got it. Tell me about the specific challenges that millennial caregivers face that perhaps older caregivers who are towards the end of their careers or retiring, what are the challenges that millennials face? Sure. I think we face a number of unique challenges. Um, the first one I would say from personal experience is role reversal. If you're caring for a parent or a grandparent, because I was 32 about when I started caring for my dad, I wasn't married, didn't have any kids. So my first experience of taking care of somebody was my father. So that created a role reversal where I was telling him what to eat and telling him, don't do that. And you should exercise more and all of these things. And he became more dependent on me. And so that when you're dealing with that at a younger age where your parents may be more of a central focus of your family unit than when you're older and you have your own kids or even your own grandkids, um, it creates a little bit of an emotional imbalance that I think some older caregivers don't face to the same degree. There's also a real hard time in finding support that feels relatable to you. I think that a lot of younger caregivers really feel alienated and isolated in the process because we do think of caregiving as something a middle-aged typically woman goes through in caring for her aging parents. And, you know, maybe you're in your 20s and 30s and that doesn't look like you. You don't relate to that generation in the same way. You feel like an outlier. You think you're the only one going through it, particularly that's, because a lot of millennials don't talk about it. Yeah, that's a that's a and, really good point because I... Th- when I meet people my age and I'm 62, almost everybody I know is either caring for a parent, caring for a spouse, went through it. This is my generation and this is what we talk about. But you make a great point that millennials must feel so much less support when they're going out and talking about this stuff. So that must really be an issue. Yeah, it really, I think, a lot of times prevents people from talking about it. Mm -hmm. Particularly, we're in a generation, you know, that's like Instagram and Snapchat happy, where there's a lot of image presentation that's the exact opposite of what you feel that you're experiencing at home, I think creates a perceived isolation that makes people even more reluctant. And there are caregivers my age that I speak to who say they do try to reach out for support. They find local groups to go to, um, local support groups, and they walk in and everybody is over the age of 60 and comments on their age. Mm. And so as if they didn't feel awkward enough, you know, you have somebody pointing out that you look different from everybody else in the room. Um, It just, I think there's this isolation that just compounds on itself and makes people feel worse about the situation than they really need to, particularly at the numbers that we're going through it. Yeah. I know you also touched on like um, on our careers 
and that's another thing. I think that when you're younger and still setting your identity and your career and still as a woman, particularly trying to break the glass ceiling and really prove yourself at work young in your career to admit a priority that's outside of the office feels like a vulnerability. And I think a lot of people keep quiet for that reason too, is that they're afraid it'll negatively impact their jobs. And And the reality is it will. Yeah. And what, what do you recommend for people or what, is there any sort of conventional wisdom when you, if you are a caregiver and that is a big part of your life and you have to take off from work and go to doctor's appointments or, or whatever, do you recommend that an employee, somebody going for an interview or a new hire is open and honest with their boss right away? I, it's tricky. I, I didn't deal with this in a job interview myself. So I'm going off of just different studies that I've read of how millennials are impacted in their career. I would say in a job interview, no, I wouldn't present myself as a caregiver um, because I think we're still living in a society that even if you are pregnant and going on a job interview, even though it's illegal to be discriminated against, you still may be. And the idea is just implicit. And I think that caregiving is still in that boat and we shouldn't be. But I do think that you might want to be a a little bit reticent in admitting in a job interview that you're a caregiver. That said, I do think it's incredibly important to ask the person that you're interviewing with, what is your company's policy on paid leave and family leave for caregivers? Because I think that you know, whether it's maternity and paternity or paternity leave or family caregiving leave, that's something you absolutely want to know going in what the company's policy is. And you want to make it very clear that that's a priority to you mm-hmm. because millennials are in a unique position. There are so many of us that require paid family leave that there are certain corporations beginning to take notice of this and in- instituting their own policies to be competitive for millennial talent. And you see this in larger corporations. I've heard of this at, I think, Deloitte and Johnson & Johnson. Um, They're aware of our generation and what is attractive to us in looking for new employment and what is just out of the question. So I would say the more you vocalize that that's a priority for you, the better it is for everybody. But to be honest, I wouldn't give up that that's your situation and that you'll have to unless it's something where daily you need to be home and they're going to find out very quickly and Mm -hmm. that it would be dishonest not to say anything, then I would hold off, but know what your options are in that employment opportunity. That's great advice. Is there any statistics or any information about female and male millennial caregivers? Is that number equalizing more? I know AARP now is estimating that 40% of caregivers are men. But I don't think they're actually doing the same type of tasks that women are doing. Men are still doing the driving or the paperwork, that sort of thing, where women are doing the hands-on bathing, diapering. Is there any information? Is it is it getting more equal in your generation as far as caregiving? Caregiving, from the studies I read, it is the one place my generation has found equality. Yay. We are... Exactly. We are now um, pretty close, not exactly, but pretty close to 50-50 men and women. We're also the most diverse generation of caregivers. So that's about 
half white Caucasian and half people of color. And um, which I think is great for everybody to be on the same side of something. Yeah. Um, and as far as tasks go, that I don't know. Okay. And I really think that it's a tricky thing to answer because I think that you could make the assumption that maybe men are less hands-on than a woman because of a, tra- a traditional female role. But at the same time, I've spoken to female caregivers who care for their fathers. And because of their father's generation, they don't feel like they're able to be completely vulnerable around their daughter. And so they'd rather turn to either the brother or even in one case of a younger caregiver that I know, her husband. So her father would rather go to her, his son-in-law for help, like things like going to the bathroom, getting in and out of the car, things like that, than his own daughter. Okay, that's interesting. And I know that you speak about that it's really important for millennials to identify as caregivers and call themselves caregivers. Why is that so important, do you think? And why do you think millennials are reluctant to call themselves caregivers? I believe it's important to identify as a caregiver just because when you Google that term, you find so many resources available to you that when you are not identifying with a group, you feel like you go through it alone. You're kind of reinventing the wheel with every new scenario. Whereas if you just Google caregiver, I'm finding out about programs I never would have guessed existed. And, um, and that I'm talking about financial programs, respite programs, um, education opportunities, all sorts of things. So I think just in the sense of opening yourself up to a world of resources, using the term caregiver is critical. And do you think millennials, millennials are definitely reluctant? <laughs> that being said, they're definitely reluctant. And studies have been done on this as far as why, because it really impedes their own progress. Um, I think that there are a few reasons. Is One, for me, I really just considered myself my dad's daughter. I didn't see loving him in a different way as something that required a different term. And I think that most people think of a caregiver. I thought of it as a paid home health aide. I thought that's what a caregiver was. And um, I also talk to people who, you know, they know a caregiver is somebody within your family, but they identify it as an older woman and they don't really want to identify that way. Mm. Um, So there's that. There's also the idea that if you identify as a caregiver, that implies that your family member is your patient and that eclipses their true identity and diminishes the relationship. As some people also believe it eclipses their own identity. So if I just went to med school for close to a decade and I worked to be a doctor, but I'm also coming home and caring for a spouse or my parent or whomever it is, I'm not only a caregiver, I'm a doctor. I'm someone who loves dogs. I, you know, like we've worked so hard to build our identities. And I think that a lot of people think that once they've established themselves as adults to take on this caregiver identity will eclipse everything else about them. And I would just want to stress that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I also think you know, probably if you identify as a caregiver, then the issues and the programs for caregivers, you mentioned real briefly the paid family leave 
for caregivers act and things like that. If you don't identify as a caregiver, you're probably not going to pay attention to that or vote for the people who are for that or work for a company that supports that. So also identifying as a caregiver is going to open you up to be an advocate for yourself in a lot of different situations. Do you feel? I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think particularly with paid family leave, because that's something that we need more national progress on. And it's most of the time in our generation thought of as maternity and now paternity leave, where the reality is a significant number of us need it for family caregiving. And if we don't right now, we will. Right. And, and I agree with that in identifying as a caregiver or a future caregiver. When you vote right now, we clearly have a lot of different issues that we're voting on. And I think, too, when you look at candidates, I looked at, you know, the people I was voting for in this recent election and thought to myself, like, what are their stances on paid family leave? You know, are they progressive in not being for caregivers? And in New York State, our senators really are um, and are leading the charge nationally. But I think that's another thing to pay attention to because it will directly affect you and your the money you take home and your future benefits. Right. Your Facebook group is called Caregiver Collective, and I I went to it today. I, I was on it today, and it has wonderful resources, wonderful articles, and you have people writing in with questions that are relatable no matter what age you are. So pe- do people have to join your Facebook group? Do they have to ask permission to, to be a part of Caregiver Collective? People do have to join it. I keep it private. Because a lot of millennials particularly do not want to out themselves publicly as caregivers. Either they're reluctant for emotional reasons or they believe it may hinder them if their employer find out, found out or they don't want the identity of the person they're caring for compromised. So just for any sort of security reasons, building a safe space of community and privacy, I keep the group private. But that said, if you're... A millennial caregiver who wants to join, there's zero issue in, in joining our group. Okay. And any, is there a top resource, if you had to give one resource out to the millennial listeners right now, or uh, somebody who ha- knows a millennial caregiver, what resource would you want to send them to, to check it? Other than Caregiver Collective, of course, but is there another <laughs> page or resource that you'd want to send them to? Uh, I would, I would recommend two things. I would recommend one, your city or state's Department of the Aging website. They're usually pretty comprehensive. It sounds like a really boring place to go visit, but once you hit their website, they usually have a lot of local resources, whether it's transportation or assisted living facilities or home health aides, whatever it is, that can really be beneficial and help you out. And it's kind of a one-stop shop for local resources. I'd also say that if you're somebody who feels like Caregiving is eating up your personal schedule, which it does, no matter what age you are. Um, You can feel like you're devoting all of your free time to caring for family. I would say what millennials tend to not know about is the existence of respite programs, where somebody who's a professional will come to your home, whether it's an hour a week or whatever the scenario looks like, and kind of take over for you while you go and run an errand or just take an hour for yourself or whatever that looks like. And most people don't know that those types of programs exist. Yeah, those, I, 
I couldn't give it any stronger advice. You're right. So every single county in America has an office on aging and they all have websites and they have amazing resources on them that people just don't know about. And I just want to also add, there's a lot of nonprofit national caregiving programs around the country and they do provide free respite even two hours a week or three hours a week. So again, that's another great suggestion that you're giving. So again, your Facebook group is called Caregiver Collective. And if people wanted to reach you on Twitter, if they somebody had a question or wanted to send you a direct message, that would be at Classic Levin. Correct? Correct. Okay. So any final words or thoughts, Jennifer, you want to give to anybody before we, we wrap up? I just want to thank you for shedding some more light on millennial caregivers. I think it's something that is now starting to get a little bit of public traction and more awareness we have for it so that people can seek support for themselves and reach out to other people in their situation the better. You're very welcome. And thank you for raising this. I I am totally guilty. I did not really think about this that much. I guess I, again, I have my own kids who are millennials, but they're not caregivers yet. And I just think about my circle of friends in my age group. So I think it's awesome that you are raising this awareness and offering support and, and just really raising the bar on this issue. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you. And thank everybody today for joining Jennifer and I. I hope you gain really some new insight and a new way to think about caregivers and maybe somebody in your life that you could support in a different way. If you enjoyed my podcast and my discussion today, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. And I hope everybody has a really wonderful day. Mm-hmm.